Hey everyone, as we continue the discussion on the Great Commission, we're going to be looking at a viewpoint that is really challenging everything that we know about these words of Christ. When we look at Matthew 28, when Christ is giving his, uh, this mandate, this commission, if you will, to his 11 apostles, was it only for them? And today, is this command only for a group of people that are qualified to fulfill this task to make disciples of all nations? So where does that leave us? Are we or are we not supposed to be part of the Great Commission? I'm Damon Matichera. Let's talk missions. Welcome back to the show. I'm glad that you have tuned in once again as we continue this discussion on the Great Commission. A quick update before we get started. The family is doing really well. Um, thank you for, for keeping us in your prayers. Uh, I know that we are here in Africa. We love what we do and we love that we're being used by God. But knowing that you're behind us, and especially those who have emailed us, who keep in contact with us, and let us know. They say, hey, Medicheros, uh, we're praying for you. We love what you're doing, and we are behind you. Not just financially, but emotionally and with our prayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The work is, is really moving forward as well. And I just love a new church plant. There are, are so many aspects of a new church plant. I mean, every church plant, no matter, no matter with which phase it's in, is just an amazing thing. But with a new church plant, it's just really exciting. So much is happening. I mean, it's a lot of work. We are on the streets. We're going house to house, evangelizing, you know, three, four days a week for just almost all day. And a lot is happening. People are accepting Christ. And then from there, uh, out of that pool of people that have converted to Jesus, they are growing in their faith and they're voicing that desire to be discipled. And I love watching the church just come together naturally. Remember how I said before that the church is a product of the discipleship movement. Because as you are evangelizing and as people are getting saved and then they're being discipled, the church is going to naturally grow. It's going to come together. It's going to gel. Um, and, and listen, not everyone's going to accept it. Not everyone will understand the vision of, of what's going on. There was a lady we were talking to a little while back, and she said, you know, Damon, I don't think the church is that important. You know, which one I go to, um, I don't even think what the church teaches is that important because what one church teaches is just as good as another. And this is really sad because if we don't have core values to our faith, what are we going to pass on to the next generation? If, if we don't even know what we believe because we've never taken the time to learn it, then how are we going to pass anything on to our children, to new, new believers as they've accepted Christ? The church today has excelled with leading people to the Lord but failed with equipping and empowering them in their faith to take the next step. It's all about discipleship. The Great Commission is about discipleship. But that brings us to our question today, is it for everyone? Is it for everyone? There, there's, a lot of, there's a great confusion around the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. 
For years, we've been told that we're all missionaries, that this Great Commission is for everyone, that there's really nothing that separates an American church believer with one who's working abroad, whether a missionary in Africa or working in the States, that there's the only difference would be their geographic location. You know, I grew up in Sunday school and we used to sing, be a missionary every day, tell the world that Jesus is the way in Africa or Asia or wherever you may stay, be a missionary today. And so this mindset was there that we are all missionaries. But today we're looking at this viewpoint which challenges this teaching that maybe we're not all missionaries, maybe we're not, we're not all supposed to be involved in the Great Commission. So that is the question today. Is the Great Commission given to each individual Christian? And if, if so, then how do we get involved? What are we supposed to do? So the comment of the day, and I do apologize, I received this a while ago and just getting to it right now, but the comment from an unnamed individual wrote and said, Damon, can you prove to me from the Bible that the Great Commission was given to the church as a whole? As I have studied, I would submit to you that the Great Commission was given to the apostles and then they were to pass that ministry to other faithful men who would then carry out and perpetuate the ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. I do believe that each of us are called to be a light and to follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost in testifying for the Lord. But I see a distinct difference in carrying out the Great Commission and the light of every believer. First of all, let me just say thank you so much for writing in. Um, we want to encourage you, if you have a question or if there is something that you want to add to what we've said on the podcast, please write in. We want to hear from you. Um, but to this unnamed individual, I have to respectfully disagree. I believe the Great Commission is not so much a position as, you know, like a pastor or you know, a deacon, when Paul was writing to Timothy saying, you know, commit the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know, we're not looking at the Great Commission as a position in the church, church leadership. I believe we're looking at a worldview. How do we look at life? The Great Commission is about making disciples. It's about incorporating the words of Christ to share our faith to go out there and to teach people everything that he has said. Which brings me to Matthew 28. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe. Who is them? The disciples that you're supposed to be teaching. These people. So if the apostles were the ones to receive the Great Commission and nobody else, well, Jesus still looked at them and said, hey, go make disciples of your own. And then with those people, teach them to make disciples. So doesn't that lead, doesn't that lead us to think that, hey, everyone is going to be discipled and then become a discipler? So essentially, we are still all going to be involved in the Great Commission. It's not just a calling for you know, a group of church leaders. And even if that were the case, what about the women? 
If we're only talking about men being involved in the Great Commission, does that absolve all women everywhere uh, that are children of God from sharing their faith uh, and from taking part in making disciples? I think that it really sets a wrong precedent that you know, we don't need to be involved, that we don't need to share our faith, that maybe you know, some people should, but not everyone. Uh, you mentioned that you, know, that you think that there is a difference between the light of every believer and then fulfilling the Great Commission. I look at that as one in the same. And if we, if we separate the two, if we make them distinct and different, then really, we, I think we're going to damage the church. We're going to weaken the gospel because we need to be taking that light. I think living out the Great Commission is sharing your light. I think they're one in the same. But as well, look at Matthew 28 again in verse 20. Jesus said, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So I think we have to look at the duration of the Great Commission. You know, for how long are we to be committed to this command to go and make disciples? You know, we'll highlight the need to go. Uh, we'll talk about how we have to teach and baptize and disciple, how we need to remember that Jesus is always with us. But I think we often fail to recognize that these words were meant to inspire God's people until the end of the world. That is the duration of the Great Commission. So the words of Christ were given to the 11. I agree with you there. They were given to the 11 apostles. But I think they were meant to be carried well beyond the lifetime of those 11 apostles. I think that even today, as Christians, as believers, we are the recipients of the gospel and we are also to help to send it out. And so discipleship is a generational investment as we've looked. We have to go and take what we have received and help other people with that same knowledge of how Christ is there for them. But the Great Commission has to be renewed in every generation. Each generation has the responsibility to acknowledge their part in this work. And if we fail to do so, then if what's going to happen? I mean, what is going to be the consequence if we drop the ball here? Our generation needs to step up. If you're not responsible, listen, if, if you are not responsible for making disciples, if the Great Commission is not for you, well then whose job is it? Who is supposed to pick up the slack? How are we supposed to move forward with our faith? What does that even say about our faith? if it's not worth sharing, if, if we're not supposed to be going out with this living faith to give to the nations, to give to the world around us, to give to the people right where we live, well then, is it, is it worth even believing if we're not even to help give it out? And so let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Okay, you're, you're a chosen generation. You have received Christ. You are a peculiar people. Some of you may be a little more peculiar than others. 
But the Bible says that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what are we basically doing with the Great Commission? We are going and showing forth the praises of him. Who is him? That's Jesus, who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is what the Great Commission is all about. It's about saying, listen, I was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. Let me tell you about the one who helped me. Let me tell you about the one who saved me. Discipleship, though, is an, it's a generational investment. It's one that we need to make. So why is this generational investment important? Because if we don't, if we fail to empower those that are coming up after us, then what will Christianity look like in the years to come? There was a poll taken by Barna in 2018. This was a couple years ago, a few years ago. Uh, Barna is an evangelical polling group, and they conducted a study of the U.S. church's ideas about missions, social justice, Bible translation, and other aspects of, spre of spreading the gospel around the world. So here's the question. When asked if they had previously heard of the Great Commission, half of U.S. churchgoers, 51%, say they do not know this term. It would be reassuring to assume that the other half who knew the term are also actually familiar with the passage known by this name. But that proportion is low, 17%. Meanwhile, the Great Commission does ring a bell for one in four, 25%, though they can't remember what it is. 6% of churchgoers are simply not sure whether they have heard this term, the Great Commission, before. Age also makes a significant difference in whether churchgoers recognize the Great Commission. More than one quarter of elders, which are grandparents, 29%, and boomers, 26%, say that they know the text, compared to 17% of Generation X and 1 in 10 millennials, 10%. Although not even half of any age group knows the Great Commission well, the youngest adult generation is least likely to recognize it. Again, this study cannot conclude whether respondents are ignorant of the spiritual mandate itself or just unaware that it is commonly called the Great Commission. So this was an article of a, of a poll done by Barna in 2018. It's kind of shocking what they found. I mean, we're looking at 51% that have never heard of the phrase, the Great Commission. Now, I understand that this is not 51% of the independent, fundamental, King James, Bible-believing Baptist church. I mean, th this is kind of the church, generally speaking. I get that. But still, this represents the, the greater church in the United States. How are we going to make ground? How are we going to really make a difference in our society if 51% of all who claim to be Christian have never even heard of the Great Commission. I mean, that's kind of disconcerting. 17% were familiar. 17. It's a pretty low number. I love the next one. 25%. 25% said, you know, the Great Commission, hmm, that, that kind of rings a bell. 
where did, where did I hear that? You know, I don't really know. Ah, I'm not really sure, but it rings a bell. You know, it's, it's really funny because the ringing the bell, when we were on deputation, uh, people came up to us and they were like, deputation, you're on deputation. Are you deputizing people? Are you, are you doing, you know, and, and people are, you know, is it just a lack of understanding terminology or is it that we don't understand the process? And that's the question that these people are bringing out. Is it that, like for example, when we look at Generation X, 17%, only 17 are aware of the Great Commission, 10% of millennials. Is it that they're just unfamiliar with the terminology? I don't think so. I think based on other polls, especially the one in the last episode that we, we shared, um, when we look at everything combined, I think we can conclude that the younger generations are ignorant by choice. Remember that one, that one poll that showed that 50% of Generation X are members of church. 36% uh, of millennials have a church. Um, those are very low numbers. And I think it's reflected also in this other poll where only 10% of millennials even know what the Great Commission. But that's 83% of the church are in the dark when it comes to the Great Commission. So is this mandate for us? You know, for the 17% who actually know what it is, who know what the Great Commission is all about, there seems to be an overwhelming desire to pawn it off on someone else. You know, we can say, oh, it's just for the apostles. It's just for the church leaders. You know, we should train faithful men. They are called to the Great Commission. We could, you know, change it up a little bit and say, you know, the Great Commission is for local native believers in their own countries. We should just get behind supporting nationals because you can support three and a half nationals for $5.99. What a deal. Or we could say, you know, the missionary, the Great Commission is for the missionary. They've chosen that life. They've chosen to go to the field. They feel called by God. And so a lot of times it's easy for us to look at other people and to, to show how they have the responsibility, but that responsibility does not apply to us. Almost every viewpoint removes that responsibility from the American church to be active in making disciples as a means of fulfilling the Great Commission. Now, you say, well, Damon, how can you say that? How can you say that you know, people are trying to make excuses? Well, because we've, we've been around. We've been to over 200 churches across the country. And, and don't get me wrong, these are great churches. The churches that we have been able to visit, a lot of them are really good churches, solid, teaching good, sound doctrine. Uh, they have amazing people, good pastors. But there's no effort in discipleship making. There's no effort for them to take personal responsibility to invest in others. That generational investment, it's not happening. And so today we are reaping the consequences by having a generation that just knows nothing about church. They're not even aware. 83% of the church doesn't even know what the Great Commission means or where it's in the Bible. So with such an overwhelming amount of people not involved, an overwhelming amount of people that are not involved in the Great Commission. Why would we want to discourage God's people further 
by claiming that it's not for them. Why? I mean, why would we want to even bring up a new viewpoint that would discourage the church, that would discourage people from living out their faith, that would potentially hinder God's work more than help it? I, I don't know, I don't really understand how this benefits us. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to read verse 17 through 19. Uh, again, a great passage. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them, or unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You can call it a word, you can call it a ministry, you can call it the Great Commission. But what do we have here? We, it says right here that he hath reconciled us to himself. Who is us? Well, that is any believer, anyone who responds to the gospel. We continue. It says, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Who, again, is us? It's anyone who has responded, anyone who has accepted Christ. And then again at the end, and hath committed unto us. We're not, do you see yet that we're not talking about an elite group? We're not, we're not talking to a group of people that are unique in their calling. We're talking about anyone, anyone who has accepted this free gift of eternal life. They have the responsibility. God has committed the word of reconciliation to those who have experienced it. And we are to present this ministry to all people. That is our responsibility. Are you involved? Are you doing what you can do to encourage God's people and for yourself to be involved in what God is trying to accomplish at your home and around the world? One issue that we've made, one, one problem, a potential problem that we've made with the Great Commission um, is when we've looked at the Great Commission primarily as world evangelism. So looking at what God is doing, we tend to only think about foreign missions. We tend to only think about what God is doing in the world abroad. So this ideology has not helped us because not every believer is able to make disciples cross-culturally. We may come to the wrong conclusion even that the American Christian can only participate in the Great Commission if financing the missions movement abroad. Now, I want to, to really just say one thing here, and that is that the American church financially supporting missions is a vital part of world evangelism. Even with our own family, in a very personal way, we can't do what we do without the funding and the financing of churches and individuals and organizations getting behind us to get the work done. And so I am not trying to subtract or to devalue this sacrifice. Not at all. But what I'm trying to say is that the responsibility of the American church goes well beyond financing um, global missions. That is one aspect. World evangelism is one part of the Great Commission. 
but this is a team effort and there's a lot involved. You know, we all know Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have different, different locations, if you will, and I know you're familiar with this passage, but hear me out for one second. Jerusalem is the center of Christianity. It was back then. Um, we had the council led by James. Everything that happened in the early church, it started at Jerusalem. When there was a problem, the council sent out men that were filled with the Spirit to take care of the, the issue at hand. That was the place where Christianity flourished and where it was really the strongest. Judea was nearby. It wasn't really far away. It was very, very local to Jerusalem. And that kind of represents the outlying areas of your home. So if I live in New York, I would say the rest of America would very well be Judea. Now, when we get to Samaria, I look at Samaria as the unevangelized areas of the world. And so Samaria to Jerusalem, it was where the Jews, they considered the half-breeds. There was Gentiles, Jews that had mixed, and they were despised. Um, but they knew about the prophets, they knew about the law, they had a knowledge of Judaism, all of that. And so the, the gospel and the, the message that was given wasn't especially new to them. And in that light, I would say that an unevangelized country would be like Samaria, almost like Zambia. Zambia has, it has the gospel, it has a form of religion, but there's no power. And so in that light, Zambia is unevangelized. We can't say that Zambia is unreached in every way because, I mean, many, many people know about Jesus in this country. But if we go to the uttermost, that would be where Christ is not known. That would be those countries where, you know, you, Christianity and the Bible are forbidden and it's difficult to have a missions movement. It's difficult to move forward with the gospel because of such opposition. So no one, not one person is able to fulfill all of these roles, nor were we meant to. You cannot be in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost at the same time. You say, well, Damon, we can finance others to go. So while we're in our Jerusalem, we can be financing. That's true. That is true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to take away from that. Again, that is really important. But as far as your activity in God's work, what you are physically doing, what you are physically active in, you can't be everywhere. You know, there are people in Jerusalem. There are people in Samaria. There are people in Judea. But you can't be everywhere at the same time. Remember that the Great Commission is not just about understanding a task that needs to be accomplished, understanding the work that needs to get done, but it's about adopting a new worldview that reflects the change that God has worked in your life. There's not going to be any forward momentum with the gospel in world evangelism if the American church doesn't continue in the same discipleship-making process on which it was formed. You see, the American church was built on evangelism. It was built on reaching others with the gospel, instilling in them a love for God, and then cultivating that love to produce disciples. 
how then can we turn around and say, oh, by the way, you know, the Great Commission's not for you. I think we would be doing them and ourselves a disservice. I'm afraid the church has lost its focus and is resigned merely to exist, but not victoriously. We've replaced making disciples with building church attendance. And we see this today in the, the fewer amount of missionaries that are being sent from these same churches. Have you ever heard the phrase, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home? You see, foreign missions, world evangelism, has, the whole movement has always been a gauge of the spiritual vitality of the church. I, I remember back when I was a kid going to church uh, attending missions conference and just the excitement, the raw excitement for what God was doing. And the work of God that was done abroad was celebrated and the call for more laborers was just given and people were responding. And today, I just don't see that. I don't see that same raw excitement. I don't see that the the, the call that is given across the pulpits of America for young men and women to surrender themselves and go to the mission field. That spiritual gauge showing the church's uh, vitality is really showing that we have a church today that, is, that has become apathetic. I've heard a lot of pastors say from the pulpit, you know, don't worry, you don't need to go to the field, don't worry, God's not gonna call you to Africa. <laughs> And we joke about it, but often the call to God in world evangelism is discouraged. And people are thinking that they can just stay home and continue doing nothing instead. And, and, and don't get me wrong, not every church is apathetic. Not every church is doing nothing. Um, I'm speaking generally right now. I know many, many churches that I am... I've been to, and I, and I love them. I love what they're doing. I love the work that God is doing through them. Um, but we need to make a change if we're going to be moving forward as a church, as, as a, the greater church in the United States of America. So what is your role today as a member of the American church? Well, we have to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge that you have a part in the Great Commission, okay? There is a responsibility that you have and that responsibility, yes, it involves you know, supporting world evangelism, but it also involves you doing something, evangelizing, reaching people where you are, and you making disciples. Be a witness, fulfill your role, uh, make an impact on those that are closest to you. This is a job that Christ gave to you, and he wouldn't have given it to you if he didn't think that you could do it. God has given us his spirit, and so walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, and do the work of God. So thanks again for tuning in. Um, again, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, it really encompasses so much, and today we talked about whether or not it applies to everyone, and I think at the end of the day, we can look at it and say, absolutely, the Great Commission is for every child of God. And it doesn't matter if you have a position in the church, if you're a man, if you're a woman, do something for God. Uh, get involved. Make disciples. Uh, I hope this episode was a blessing to you. Uh, you know, post a comment. Uh, if you're on Facebook, 
or if you're on one of the other podcast platforms, send us a comment, send us an email uh, on the topic. Let us know what you think. And if you have questions, I will try my best to give you a good answer. But until then, continue living out your, your faith and remember that our generation can be reached if we all do our part. I'm Damon Matichera, praying that you have a blessed day. Uh, know that the Great Commission, it's for you and that someone out there is waiting for you to tell them about Jesus. So go out there and do your part. Take care and God bless.